You're watching Screw It on Supple Wine. I'm your host, Mike Supple. We're heading into that time of year where lots of bubbly gets popped, particularly for New Year's Eve. Of course, you can get sparkling wine from just about anywhere in the world, but what is it that makes champagne so special and usually so much more expensive? Here's the quick and dirty version about how most wines are made. You start with grapes, you squish them to get the juice out, add some yeast, the yeast turns the sugar and the juice into alcohol, and you end up with wine. Champagne starts in a similar fashion. You start with the grapes, squish them, get the juice out, add some yeast, turn it into wine. It's a dry wine just like anything else out there, red, white, rosé, whatever you want. What makes champagne so special is what they do with that wine after they make it. With regular wines, whites and reds, they make that wine, put it in a bottle, maybe they age it, but it's ready for the consumer, ready to be drunk. With champagne, there's still a lot of steps to go. They take that wine and they put it in the champagne bottle, the same bottle that you're going to eventually buy and drink. To that bottle, they add what's called liqueur de tirage. That's sugar, yeast, and nutrients. Put that in the bottle and they seal it with a temporary seal. Now, when you put sugar and yeast in a bottle and seal it, that yeast starts to go to town and turn the sugar into alcohol and it produces CO2 as a byproduct. CO2 is trapped in the bottle and that's what makes the bubbles. Having the wine and the yeast and everything trapped in there affects the flavors of champagne. That's what gives it what they call the autolytic flavors. Um, it tastes like yeast, it tastes like bread, it tastes like toast and things like that. It brings out some richer honey notes. The longer it stays on the bottle, the more flavors like this it develops. Now there are some disagreements as to how long you should leave it, what makes the perfect amount. So different champagne houses age it for different amounts of time. By law in champagne, they have to let it age for at least 15 months. A lot of houses do it a lot longer than that. But because of this aging process, it means they have to store the wine for a lot longer, and storage costs money. So that's one of the things that bumps up the cost of champagnes. Now this isn't the end of the process, because if they just shipped it out to you like that, the bottom of every bottle would just have a bunch of sludge, yeast left over, dead cells from the yeast, and, and all that mess. They want to get rid of that. So what they have to do is a process that's called riddling. They actually store the bottles and turn them slowly, and there's, you can do it by hand, you can do it mechanical, there's, very, there's several processes, but essentially it gets all the yeast to travel down the bottle into that neck. They get a plug and get all the sediment down in there, so once it's in that location, they can freeze that neck, turn the bottle right side up, pop the plug out there, and then you have nice clear champagne. Of course, this final process is fairly complicated, there's a couple more steps involved, getting that ready to ship to you. And I took some video footage inside the caves of Champagne Luder Rotor of their bottling process to show you exactly how this final process is done and how the bottle gets ready for you. So if you see in the back right, there's some bottles upside down here. Now they're being dipped into a solution that freezes that plug of sediment and yeast and everything else in that neck so it's all one solid mass. Once that plug is frozen, it has to be removed from the bottle. On the left, you see the bottle with a frozen plug and the crown cap, which is the temporary cap put in place to hold the wine and everything in while it's fermenting. And on the right, you see no cap, no plug, just your ready bottle of champagne to move to the next process. Just about all champagne is fermented dry. It means it doesn't have any sweetness. Yet a lot of bottles of champagne have sugar in them. That's because during this process, they add what's called the liquor de expedition, or the dosage. They add sugar to the bottle and some wine to top up anything lost during the plug removal and add the sweetness to their final product, to whatever desired level of sweetness they want. If they want it brute, they want it dry, extra dry, whatever level they decide is appropriate for their wine. After they've added the dosage, they put the cork on the bottle. You can see that fat cork in there. That cork's the same size the whole way down into the neck. It requires over two tons of pressure to shove that thick cork into that narrow bottle. It's important to have that giant cork expanding in that bottleneck to keep air from getting into the bottle and to keep the CO2 from escaping from that wine bottle. 
Of course, if the cork was left by itself, like with most bottles of wine, the CO2 inside that bottle would send the cork flying out pretty quickly. So they have to add a wire cage and cap on top of that cork and lock it in place around the bottle to hold that cork in place. Once the cork and cage are secure, they mix the bottles. This mixes in the dosage sugar with the rest of the wine and makes it all uniform in flavor. Once they're all mixed together, the final step at Louis Roederer is to put them back in the cellars for at least another six months. This allows the wine to settle, so when they ship it to you, it's ready to go.